0: Oh, pop. got a live one here
1: b <laughs> b <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <So sad. laughs> What's up to all our sidekicks and henchfolk out there in the Geek Nation, you're currently tuning into the Cult Pop Podcast live stream, spoiler alert, McGilla m- mcgillicuddy episode 795. This is where uh, the show is where we talk about and review graphic novels, movies, TV, and a once-monthly roundup of current comics on the stands right now. I'm your host, Johnny Destructo, of Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex, located at 23... No. 4327 Main Street, Philadelphia, PA. Super Rad shop that caters to the Super Rad. Uh, joining me tonight are Brian Lieb, hi, and Noel Bartocci. Hi. Thank you to everyone joining us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. If you like what you're doing, no, if you like what we're doing to you <laughs> right you, now, and me- comment, subscribe, share, do all that stuff, and uh, pipe up in the in the comment section because um, we love it. If you, you can like also what,
2: email us at. If you like what you're doing though, and it's not hurting anybody, yeah,
0: do it. Subscribe yeah. and right like, now, I guess, who's watching this?
2: Subscribe and like to your happiness. Yeah, aww, yeah. that's nice.
1: Uh, you can also email us at coldpopgo at gmail dot and Just join our Facebook book club group, JD's Hero Complex Book Club. Tomorrow night is. What's tomorrow night? No, I forget.
2: I honestly don't it's know. Bolero. I had this conversation earlier. I I, I don't. Is it a movie it of some sorts?
1: It's not Bolero.
2: Yeah. Uh, I honestly don't know. So last week was Sea Bass Bolero.
1: <laughs> last week was Bolero. Uh, this tomorrow night is Movie Club, and we will be talking about Practical Magic.
2: Oh yeah, I'm not gonna rewatch that.
1: I haven't ever seen it, so I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> but this is what happens when I take a week off, and someone else is in charge of book club. Practical Magic, and then the next movie club uh, two weeks after that will be
2: uh, the the Fast and the Furious. Again, I, I'm also not gonna rewatch that. Like I, I wish, I wish I was there to, to like. Well, no, you know what? I I have rewatched it in the last year, but if you want if you want like anybody born in the 90s to not completely walk away from that franchise you don't start them on part one you just don't whoops
1: yeah um so anyway that's that's Is the, practical uh,
0: magic a purportedly bad movie
2: oh no i just don't care for it a lot of people love it i've
1: never uh, seen it uh, it's just a lot of people not- love it. It's not one I would have gone to in order to engage folks in a movie club discussion about a film. I got you. Right.
2: You, you you know what? Hang on. We we have no email tonight, but that is a solid. That's a solid conversation. Um, if you don't mind me derailing us for a hot second, because we there we, we do we do the show. We review books. We have book clubs. We have movie clubs. How do you feel about like that that Delta between Something you really like Versus something that will actually be A good conversation Or something that you dislike But something that will be a really good conversation For my part, like when we would do weekly books And we're, you know, discussing Comics Even if Issue 6 is the best thing I I read that week and really wanted to talk about it If we talked about The other 5, that's not a very Awesome conversation so, like, you you, right. you steer you steer the program or you steer the conversation or, you know, the the itinerary to foster something. So, like, Bolero was a couple of weeks ago. We all kind of had issues with that book. But Hot Damn, I'm sure it was a great conversation because it was, it was. something really to discuss, right? So yeah, there was you, a lot to discuss. That? There was
1: a lot to unpack. Um, I agree. Uh, and on the other end, if there was something – you know, we've made this decision for years. If there's something that the uh, – the three of us don't like if we read a book and we're all like, this is garbage. We don't talk about it on the show. Cause it's not fun to just sit there and go, this is garbage, what'd you think? Oh, it was garbage? Yeah. Cool. Brian, what'd you think? Garbage? Cool. All right. And well, you know, I think please. part of the reason
0: we don't talk about that on the show is because, you know, it, it would be hurtful to whoever did it. Yeah. Um, Both. Whereas pointing out why things are not good can be an interesting conversation. Yeah. that is really good that you can't have an interesting conversation about, you know?
2: Um, so along those lines though, like, yeah, let's say we all love something and we keep loving it. Yeah. I don't think it's interesting to say the same thing that we love about it on a monthly basis yes. over and over again. Right. agree. Well, so- uh, yeah, uh, but talking about the events of the plot would be
0: different. You know what I mean? In that kind of situation. I don't know if anybody in the audience has a different point of view, but yeah, if we're like, this art is just as cool as it always was, and the way the writer does this kind of thing, and it is the same, then yeah, that would be dope.
1: What are you drinking? Well, J.D.,
0: this is a, a concoction called a rum and coke and ice.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you look, you know, you were, you were leaning back in such a way, and you were swirling your
2: Glass in oh, such no a way guy. that I, that I was like, yeah. oh, he looks classy as shit. I remember, Jeez. I rem- um, uh, early early days and and listening to podcasts like when we actually had to like download them to your iPod. Uh, yeah, I remember listening to like review shows, uh, comic review shows, or TV review shows and stuff where they would just touch in on a series. Like it's like we, I mean, still good, nothing new to add because yeah. we've. Yeah. We've spoken miles about how great this thing is. Um, but just still good. And I I just feel like I always I always impulse to steer away from that because as a listener, I wouldn't find that hella interesting to just keep hearing the same gush, right? So I don't oh think
0: I've ever listened to a comics review podcast.
2: You're to on be one. Honest
0: with you. I mean, <laughs> I listen to us as we're doing it.
2: <laughs> but other
0: than that, I don't think I've ever tuned into a review of anything.
2: I, stop, I stopped. I yeah. stopped. Um, Gives a shit. When we started, <laughs> 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 yeah, fuck them.
1: Yeah, yeah. You audience, you bunch of assholes. What are you listening to us for? <laughs>
2: well, I, hey, I mean, if you love it, I stopped listening. I stopped listening when we Gives started a when shit. I. When I started doing the show with you guys, I stopped listening regularly, like it would be the week yeah. after. Same. Because I don't want to Same. be informed by other people's opinions for Same. the most part if I can help yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I used to listen to iFanboy and I stopped when I started doing my own show because I didn't want to like repeat anything accidentally. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking take that. I, I heard about a writer Connor. once
0: who would do that with, <laughs> um, with Stuart. He was like, don't give me ideas. It might have been Warren Ellis, actually, who said he refused to have people tell him their stories that were, like, mm-hmm. starting out and, like, what do you think about it? Because he says, you know, I might 10 years later hear that or, or remember it and forget that I heard it somewhere and write it yeah. and then they'll be pissed and, you know, that kind of thing. Yep. Um, plus, for the review purposes, spoilers, right? I don't want to hear a single thing about something before I before – I Oh, yeah, it. I'm the same way, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Kevin, speaking of uh, the comments, Kevin's down there saying, uh, speaking of movies, what is your first bad movie you remember seeing, in your opinion? Mine was Cable Guy. Probably I was too young for the humor, but I really disliked it, LOL. Uh, I-, I can remember specific... I've never walked out of a theater uh, during a movie. <laughs> uh, He's still in all the theaters. Yeah, the I've theaters. never left. Um <laughs> But the Lord himself shut down the entire movie theater when me and my friends went to go see Battlefield Earth. Yeah. Um, Yeah. God God was just like, and I said, thank you. I'll tell you what. Good
0: book though. uh, Oh, yeah. A series of books. Yeah. It gets, it's, it's like a very thick volume was what I read, which was, I think, like five of the novels in a combined or something like that. And by the end of it, it's pretty formulaic. But the, the beginning, like three or four novels, are all really good. Like they're a cool story.
1: I remember so, thinking it's a shame it was that that movie. pretty terrible. We watched. Yeah, which sucks
0: when something gets adapted and then people won't even hear it. You know, you're like, oh, this Battlefield are like impossible. It can't <laughs> be good.
2: The movie was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you guys have one? Uh. uh there was a movie I don't remember the name of it. It's the first one that I remember thinking is bad. Now I might have disliked movies before that, but this one was so, so not up my alley. It had on the VHS cover Sylvester Stallone, who was in the movie, and uh, hopefully, uh, ideally, a, like a, legally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had a pretty big part in it. <laughs> and uh, although they do sometimes do that with, what's it, Tom Hanks. And I think Jack Nicholson feature very prominently on movies that they had extremely small roles in. That are like these very small. Um, like Jack Nicholson is in the original Little Shop of Horrors for two seconds, oh, yeah. plays the Bill Murray role. Oh, that's and the he is like the main character on the. cover. The,
2: that, that's you know. the Roger Corman one. He's the. Um, he's the Steve Martin role the masochist. in the, the dentist. Yeah. No, no he's the guy Martin who role. goes to the dentist. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I never was Bill Murray. Bill Murray. He's the Bill Murray role.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, but he was nothing. You know, he had no fame at that time. But now when they sell it, he's like the biggest one on the cover. Anyway, this movie, Blue Sky in the background, Cloud, Sylvester Stallone. Stop, My Mom Will Shoot? I don't know. No, no. Oh, come on. No, that movie was great. At the time. (laughs) I liked it then.
2: His mom would shoot, J.D. Blue Sky in the background. Sylvester Stallone it's really odd how about can you at least articulate roughly what the plot was yeah it was bad it was like
0: all I remember is maybe there was some kind of was it daylight mob mob or mafia thing daylight was a
1: tunnel don't think it was daylight yeah I know but Mm. I figured maybe the sky
0: no it was like almost a pastoral I mean no ground but you know uh just just Sky and Clouds. Oscar?
2: Super Is that my family? Yes. Ah! Was I saw that in theaters. I saw that. It was a... What was that about? It was a, it was a 1930s... 1930s? Or no, 1920s. Hey, 1920s. Kat. Hey, Kat. It was hey. a 1920s-style... Yeah. 1920s 1920s 1920s. Um, um, madcap, madcap, madcap comedy where it's a gangster trying to gangster go gangster legit go. Go. on the day of It his, was a gangster Yeah, thing. yeah on the so day so of his daughter's wedding. 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 Okay. Uh, so he's juggling the wedding, his former business, his future business, trying to go straight, and it's just—it's supposed to be like a Noel coward slash madcap kind of fast dialogue, play kind of. The whole movie takes place like in his mansion.
0: Huh. I'll tell you, this—I might be misremembering it. It's close enough.
2: Oh, to the cover that I remember. Cliffhanger? What is that? Hey. What are you looking at?
0: That's Oscar. That was uh Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah yeah. Yeah But I might be misremembering it or it could be a completely different thing. Because the plot you described sounds familiar, but remember, I'm not even trying to finish this movie and I was, I don't know,
2: seven or whatever, when oh, was, Jesus, yeah, you were a little you were a little young for that movie. Who knows? It was it was a pastiche of an era that you didn't even know existed at the age of seven or eight. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, mm-hmm. At that time, probably not.
2: Um, I don't know.
0: You know, I really don't know. What like
2: happened. they were making so jokes about. The I, 20s came into. I remember. Movie. I remember in that movie too. There, first of all, great seg, like great uh, uh, derailment to a obscure uh, early 90s uh, Sylvester Stallone comedy. Um, but uh, I remember in that movie he was making jokes to his like maybe 20 year old daughter. Uh, about the music they listen to these days, and it's rotting their brains. And that Cab Calloway—have you ever even heard those lyrics? They're they're skil- they're salacious. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I remember I being very is- young and understanding a Cab Calloway joke.
1: I don't know. I, I don't know it now.
2: That's Minnie the Moocher.
1: Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay. So uh, I don't remember. Out,
2: I went away to say hi to my my family. I don't remember the first bad movie I ever watched. I went to the movies all the time and I watched tons and tons of bad movies. It wasn't until later in life when bad slash mediocre movies seared themselves in my brain. Because, like, I don't know, I get maybe it was just like understanding mortality. Like, when I was younger, I would just fucking watch anything and it was bad or good or whatever. I'd obsess about it or never see it again. When I got older, it was like, I spent time on this. Yeah. And the first one <laughs> that really... Really bothered me and still bothers me to this day is um, Sucker Punch. I think it was the first time I walked out uh, of the theater just feeling like I got hosed. Um, yes. Oh, I like that movie. I don't hate it's, that movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I can't. Like, I understand everyone having conversations and arguments about like uh, how to approach it and in segments and it's really pretty here, really pretty there. I don't like it. I don't like any aspect of it. I That's pretty old, though.
0: That was like well into adulthood for yes. yeah. a movie that you were like, "Eh, I'm done." Yeah, mm. mm. uh, I was like um, 2010. Yeah,
1: something
0: that sounds about right.
1: I grew up watching a lot of really bad. I, I I worked at a video store. I grew up renting VHS after VHS after VHS, mm-hmm. uh, just whatever I could get my hands on. So I have seen so many bad movies. Um, but I, it's hard to find, like, the first, the first one.
0: Yeah, it I find... happened before you recall.
1: Yeah, it's like, like... This
2: Berenstain
0: you... Bears is terrible.
1: Well, Wait,
2: wait a minute, I'm forming an opinion, and I, it's, I don't like this. <laughs> I was obsessed with really bad movies, though, when I was growing up. Like, um, I think I even knew they were bad at the time. It almost felt like, um, you know, it was... Before really even understanding or no, yeah, I, I saw the Robin Monroe like sucker punch. That's great. Everybody, everybody could like what they want to like. Didn't like literally, Mr. Bean. Literally, I was a good movie. We could talk for two or three hours about every single way that that movie is fucking terrible, but it's okay. Mr. Bean. Yes, um, obviously, I'm talking about Mr. But, Bean. Why wouldn't I get passionate about Mr. Bean? That's what matters most to me. He's Mr. Bean. He's an amazing, um, amazing. I reporter. would watch movie. I, I liked that he's they were good. bad. It was the kind of movies that I knew that if somebody walked in the room, they would question like what the fuck is this? And we're talking like creature features or munchies or like drive-in style movies. I would seek them out and I would watch them and I loved yeah. them. And I knew they were meet bad. Meet the Feebles. Yeah. Meet the Feebles. Literally anything you can get away with renting knowing it's bad, but the cover wasn't that bad. Yeah. So it's like, eh. The cover just, was interesting enough. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even the cover it was interesting enough. It was just, it wasn't the cover wasn't so exploitative that the person you're walking it up to as like an 11 year old would question you mm. uh, so somewhere oh in the yeah, I see. Yeah. 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 You know, so I couldn't really, mm-hmm. I couldn't rent many trauma movies because most of them were just like booby. but I can get away mm-hmm. with toxic Avenger and all four. Was toxic that the Avengers. goal? Yeah. yeah.
0: Was this like a primary goal of watching these movies? Was no, the, there was just, a,
2: was, there was like a, sh- oh, okay. there was like a shame associated with it. Like, I knew they were terrible. I wanted to watch them because they were terrible. But I didn't want anybody to think that I only watched terrible movies. Yeah. Mm. See, I, guilty you, pleasures. I have,
0: never been, yeah. I have never been of the mind of guilty pleasures. Or, like you know, like, the only qualification for something being good is oh, that you
2: like it. Oh, I mean, that's my, that's my perspective now you know, as,
0: like, a rational adult. Yeah, yeah. Being you had ashamed, this thought being You, you had this by perspective society. at
2: 11?
1: Yeah. Me at 11? You had this perspective at 11?
0: Uh, I don't know if I verbalized it in that way, but I never was like, this thing is bad, but I like it. Like, if it's good, if you like it, it's good. You know what I mean?
1: Uh, Yes. Okay. okay.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I would say so. If if you like it, it's enjoyable. It's not good. Yes. Yes. It's not good. What's the difference? The difference Um, is, oh, we've gone through this again. All right. Uh, but it's a very interesting conversation. It's not. We've had it before. Like subjective good versus like uh, opinion is like, what's the what's the metric? How it's constructed? How it's non-constructed? How it's like, intention versus it's it's? We've had this conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah I yeah, like yeah. things, I, but I don't I, just because I like them. I do not think that they are good.
0: I would say you're talking about different kinds of good, right? Yeah. Like there is the. Good that you appreciate for one reason, and something that you appreciate for a different reason, and they may not all fulfill all all uh, categories. Um, so, but, like, if people yeah.
1: enjoy the room, yeah, then it's good. It is to them, even right? though
2: they're enjoying what's bad about it. I think, yeah, I think that what we're what we're I guess arguing over is use of the word "good." Brian, you're yes. considering the word "good" as something that can only be defined on a singular personal level or individual level whereas I think no. JD and I maybe no. subscribe to the fact that there is maybe at least a baseline good or a mm. considered understood good yeah. bad and then General. generally feel on that med- like on that scale is here we go. I would say here that is okay here we go there are
1: movies that I yeah. enjoy because they are bad yeah. but I would not recommend them to other people because they Nobody? are not
0: good. Is there no one you would recommend them to? Somebody with your particular tastes, perhaps? Sure. All right. So I would say that the the thing you were saying, the dichotomy between a personal subjective good and a generally agreed upon uh, baseline of good, is really just a personal subjective good and numerous personal subjective goods that overlap in certain areas. If there is only a small silver... It's all about personal subjective goods. If there
2: is only a small silver or or niche population that considers that one thing good or subjectively good, Mm -hmm. it is a fringe of the general understood or agreed upon societal good. So we could say safely, it's not good. It is good. No, not safely.
0: Because the... So the generally agreed upon thing is still just a collection of individual subjective goods, That's right? true.
2: Yes. But as a, yes. as a society, we still at least kind of agree on those baseline metrics, right? Like, But society have ag- has agreed on many things which were
0: later seem to be incorrect, right? That is but, no basis for But I'm, for I'm not
2: going to judge critters to the new batch based off of a thousand years <laughs> of, of understood culture. I'm going to base it on my span. Like, my life span. Yeah, exactly. No, that's what I'm saying. And in my life span, it's, space, it's not a good movie. It's a great important movie, Important yeah. If you don't like it, Kirby you don't Kirk. like it. Four. Im-
1: <laughs> important, important footnote. Uh, yeah. It's gremlins to the new okay. batch. It's critters to the main course. Main course. Oh, there we go. Mm, shit, yeah. you're right. Uh, co-starring the red-haired guy from the Orville, who
0: also does the voices. Yeah, Bradley Brown. Oh, yeah? yeah. It's great. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, yeah, Isn't that wild? Um, um, Scott ha, so anyway,
1: in the, in the comments, uh, yeah. Anthony D says, based on your review, I read The Dark Room, and that mm. was great. I never would have found that book. Mm. Anthony. Yeah. Uh Also, Anthony, I do have your uh, books ready to go. I'm just still trying to track down, uh, there was a World's Finest mishap, and I think we're missing one of your World's Finest, and it's now out of print, so I'm trying to track you? down a copy for you. I wanna say four. If you it's can the find one with uh Go ahead.
2: No, it's the one with uh I wanna say for I wanna hear uh, the rest of the description.
1: It's like the Batman Superman robot on the front or whatever that is.
2: Where they become a the Green Lantern. Yeah, the Green Lantern lets them combine. Yeah. 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 Uh I wanna say it's number That was four. a good issue. It hasn't there's no second print for it. There
1: is. It's out of print. Ike. Ike. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, working on it. Robert Monroe says, I took my twins to see Mr. Bean. The movie was horrible. Thankfully, a oh, fire yeah. broke out in the theater kitchen. So the theater closed, and we got free tickets to see something else. Uh, that sounds like he, something that would happen in a Mr. Bean movie. Right? Yeah. Uh, Brian Anderson, or Branderson, as I like to call him, it was some movie where Lindsay Lohan was a secret stripper twin who becomes an amputee and has lots of sex. Walked out and got trip? my money back on oh, a Barren
2: Trap. Only movie I walked out of. It's, it's called I Know Who Killed Me. That was my oh! message. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember Noel? that. Yeah. Noel, I I, <laughs> I saw you type that. I Know Who Killed Me. But it was at the very beginning of the conversation that you and Brian were about to have about what is good and what is not good. Oh. And I thought you were making a commentary.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I Know Who Killed Me. I Know me. Who Killed
1: Me. If anyone wants yeah. to know who killed me, it was Brian
0: making me yeah. have this conversation again. Death and transformation of self into yeah. another level.
1: Oh, Bri- Robert Monroe Jr. says, it depends on the person. I like John Waters' movies. Many people would say that they aren't good. I like John
0: Waters' movies. Or like uh, Arrested Development, right? Sometimes Ooh. some of the best things are only considered good by a small group of people.
2: That's, um, that's awareness, though, not... That's that's more awareness I don't than anything know. else. Like
0: a lot of people and did not watch the show know or know the show. The development is funny. Yeah. Oh, for sure, and it definitely gained popularity later. But I wonder if there's like, you know, are there a lot of people who wouldn't find it funny at all? I yeah. wonder but if there are
1: people who think seasons four and five are good. There's there might but, be. So I, <laughs> It's
2: possible. Is it is it mild? So I, I I understand. There's no there's no real way to measure it, but. Isn't it mildly anecdotal to say somebody wouldn't like something that is highly regarded versus Hmm. the general understanding that there is a preferable outcome versus a non-preferable outcome when you create fiction, to be good or not?
0: Preferable is that everybody
2: thinks it's really good. A majority of people consider it to be, in high regard, a good piece of fiction. Godfather. I would assume considered that, that people mean, like, consider from Casablanca the from the perspective of the majority of eyeballs that consume it. Casablanca right. is considered right. good, period. Okay. There are people that dislike okay. it. Okay. And there are people that think it's, I don't know, rote or boring. But the majority of humans that consume that yeah, film yeah. think it's good. That is it, okay. an agreed upon metric to say good. Mm. Just as The Room... Is an agreed upon metric to call bad, even though okay. there is tons of people that ironically and unironically like it.
0: Yeah, the whole ironic liking thing is different, but beside the point. Sure. Um, yes, that is true. There are widely agreed upon conceptions of what is good and not good. That just doesn't matter. Like what other people think about it has nothing to do with
2: But I agreed upon I I agreed to that. Like you know, the individual yeah. experience is fine, but understanding yeah, yeah. that it is considered good really? in a high regard or considered bad in low regard say, is separate from my interpretation of it. So I can say something's bad, but I like yes, it. Yes, it is. Something's good, I don't dig it. Is No, it's just that that doesn't make it good or bad.
0: I didn't in say my it opinion, makes it good or bad. But I would also so like, say Go ahead. I shouldn't say it doesn't matter. I said it doesn't matter. It does. Because I love it when I like something and other people like it too. Right? That's awesome to share in that joy. And sometimes even to share in disliking something and pointing out what is so awful about it Mm -hmm. is also awesome. So it's not without value. Um, I just... Would say that that doesn't define any sort of objectivity or essential nature of goodness. Cr- That's just a bunch of people's opinions. Criticism has never been objective. Sure. So there is no there is no intrinsic good. It's just something that a bunch of people agree
2: upon. I mean, just just as though a bunch of people agree upon shoes or a shirt mm. or like mm. it's it's a baseline understanding of yes or no. I'm not even I'm not even talking about like. Whittling down to one specific piece of fiction that you consider good or bad. I'm talking yeah. about just the under, like the understanding that there is a yeah. good and there is a bad, mm. and that's it.
0: I don't think there is, unless you're saying there is a good that is agreed upon by a lot of people. You know what I mean? It does. does it exist outside of our perceptions? I'm not so sure. Well, I'm, not, I'm not
2: asking. I'm not like, asking you know. a celestial being. I'm talking about just other humans.
0: Our perception, right? So, so it's only their opinions, right? It's nothing innate to the unit. But
2: it's it's a, it's an it's an aggregate of so many opinions that it is an understood metric to follow. Like it's not mm. so eh. All right. Next topic. Right. I the just don't
0: uh I wouldn't want to be bound, you know.
2: You are bound. Here we go. You aren't bound. But to say that it doesn't exist is a completely different thing. Oh, no. I've said this
0: whole time it exists. It's the collective opinions of many individuals. Huh. Yeah. Oh, uh, what is
1: Robert Monroe Jr. Uh, Jr. Robert Monroe Jr. says, I don't like heavy metal music. That doesn't mean that heavy metal music is bad. It just means that sure. I don't like it. I feel like I my agree. comment, Penny, has derailed this podcast. Uh, I feel like my, po- my comment, Penny, has derailed this podcast train. We would have done it ourselves Can anyway.
0: I mean, Don't. those are the most interesting parts, Kevin. So there you go.
1: Uh, I mean, you can say that, but I've spent the last five minutes looking at my phone. Um, what? Yeah, I didn't you? say they were interesting to you. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, objective, uh, good uh, you know, I do, it, it does <laughs> beg the question, Noel,
2: what'd you do this week, huh? Oh, um, so many things so many things that I tell me
1: you you can tell me three three things
2: three things well I will avoid all of the oh fuck he's out
1: oh (laughs) he's (laughs) avoiding it all he he, (laughs) he, he does not like being constrained (laughs) he doesn't he does not want to be bound right
2: on cue here he is uh no it was a it was No, it was a cursor error. It was just a cursor error. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Because I'm trying to get rid of the banner. Yeah, thank you. Um, Yeah. uh, I read a lot of comics this week. Um, The last couple of weeks, I have not been reading too many comics, and a lot of things were piling up. So I just tried to clear my stack. Um, One of the – as much as I love us being able to preemptively and and create a schedule and preemptively kind of plan out what we have in advance – I do miss the fact that I get to read as many, like there's no, there's no urgent uh, necessity to read through current comics as much. So I sometimes feel detached from the overall conversation. So I wanted to make a conscious effort to like read my comics. Um, So a couple of things uh, that I thought would be fun to kind of point out. The first one is uh, the DC event books that are happening right now. So, Issue four of Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths and issue five of Flashpoint Beyond both came out in the same week. They have the same shipping schedule, which is wasn't worrisome before. But now they're referencing each other and one's not over yet. And it's weird. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths, uh, formerly known as Dark Crisis, um, got a little bit bigger this week and it's still really, really good. Um, I was really, really enjoying it at the beginning, and I think you guys were also, uh, because it was a very small story, like, there was some multiversal stuff happening with Pry and whatnot, but it was more contained to the younger, the second generation kind of, of the DC universe having to step up when the Justice League is off the board. It's great. Still great. Uh, It's gotten much bigger. Uh, A big thing happened this issue. But... Even though it's not what I was enjoying the most early on in the series, they spent so much time with those characters that now that it's expanded to literally creation-level events, I'm enjoying it a lot more. Like, if that was something that happened in issue one, it would have felt like another fucking crisis. That's great. Cool. But the fact that he started it, Joshua Williamson, the writer, started it at, like, the Titans level, uh, it just kind of hits a little different. It's very good. I, I'm really enjoying it um, but then flashpoint beyond um, in the first page of issue 5 they technically spoil the end of dark crisis which is still three issues away <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah four months that's quite a few four months from now mm-hmm. um, now okay. it's 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 a uh, it's not an obvious spoilage. It's literally just like a, a broad and then they came back and this was good and crisis averted and then they continue to talk. So it's not a spoiler in so much as like I knew that was going to happen and there's probably a right. lot more to the yeah. summation. But uh, but it was a little shocking. Um, but what I wanted to talk about, both of them, they're both very good. They're both worth reading. Um, Dark, uh, Dark Crisis is dealing with Crisis level events, a new multiverse, or something. I don't even understand it yet, but it's big and it's crazy. And there's tons and tons of callbacks to various crisis books before. Flashpoint Beyond's dealing okay. with hypertime, which I still don't really understand. Um, but the way that they describe they it. They specifically call it hypertime? Yes. Like from the 90s? It's hypertime. The way that they describe it in the book, uh, hypertime, it's. It, they talk about it as being a personal emotional crisis not unlike relativity you know like touch a pot for 10 seconds it feels like an eternity blah 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 um, but in hypertime a crisis event a crisis level event can happen to just one person and it's emotional in nature so it sounds like they're using hypertime to bring back or back door open the Flashpoint universe without it having disappeared all which right. don't understand but it's well written and it's, it's a pretty good story Okay. so uh, I would highly suggest both of them if you are deep into DC they're both very strong event books it's just very weird that they're happening at the same time it's a Marvel thing Marvel has mm-hmm. usually has like overlapping mini events all the time but DC usually just kind of sticks with like one a year for the most part. It's just very odd that these are on top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. But they're good books. Um, The other one I read was uh, in honor of JD and his favorite artist, Greg Land. So I read (laughs) All Out Avengers number one written by Derek Landry with art by Greg Land. Now, is everyone... Is everyone listening familiar with Greg Land, the artist? JD, would you like to talk about uh, oh, Greg
1: Land? He's he's the artist who traces people a lot, and his favorite. If you look uh, throughout most of his books, all of the women look like Claudia Schiffer.
2: Yeah, just um, just Google search Greg Land swipe or yeah. trace or whatever, and you'll see like. Centerfold after centerfold, Google image after Google image, just kind of superimposed with a Fantastic Four uniform on it. Yep, but he, he does what I he actively does.
1: don't read books that that he works on. I like if I, if I see something's coming and he's the artist, I go ah, I think
2: twice about whether or not I'm going to be picking it up. So the only reason why I bought this issue is uh, it's a Scotty Young cover. Oh, yeah. uh, a blade like jumping in the air I'm like that's great I love Scotty uncovers. I'll just get this one issue um the book was actually was actually pretty damn good oh yeah yeah I wish it was See, another hear artist no it, it wasn't he, he wasn't a deterrent uh it was uh it was a very um subdued Greg Land like there were no like obvious porn star o faces or anything but yeah, it definitely was like cool. Got it. But um, it's it's uh, apparently the impetus of it. Um, it is not connected to any of the other, uh, um, Avengers books right now. Um, it's in the same structure as Nonstop Spider Man. The entire issue, it dr- drops you into something that's happening with some things, and it just goes, and then kind of gets resolved really fast. So it will be an anthology series of sorts where it's just new mission, new mission, different team, different team. However, there is a, there's dialogue boxes or sorry, thought balloons, text boxes, narrator, who is not any of the main characters who's telling this story and then setting it like foreboding things. So the mystery is that I don't, what the fuck is going on? Who's really telling this story? Um, but as it is, it's just really fun Avengers books. Um, I would recommend this if you're not deterred by Greg Land art. This is a solid read. This is a really really solid book. That's all. Nice. Oh, and I really really I'm sorry, I'm, I was. I'm... Are you pulling up swipes? Okay, before you do, going <laughs> yeah. We talk about that forever. Um, I also read, so we're going to talk about Once in the Future tonight as our main topic. But I am current yes. with that book issue 29 came out this week issue 30 is the last is the finale mm-hmm. but reading issue 29 i was literally fist bumping and cheering like it was audible excitement reading this book and it was so good it's like satisfying to no degree cliffhangers and stuff like it this is quickly becoming one of my favorite books period
1: um. all right uh what is this oh yeah here we go Greg Lance <laughs> swipes <clears throat>
2: so uh, it's going to be fun for everyone
1: yeah especially the people listening <laughs> on iTunes
0: <laughs> yeah hear these swipes
1: listen to these can everyone, swipes can you, can you see them yeah so it's. Um, like it's and he'll essentially... even, if you look on the left here, you'll even see where he uses the same pose with the same face and just changes the costume. Mm hmm. Or he traces a Venom statue. Yeah, all of these are. Or there's 50
2: Cent. <laughs> he just finds Google image shirts. First of all, that's. Oh, Greg Lance, Swipe John Cassidy. Um, different books having the same person in them. Yeah, it's, um, he's a very efficient artist.
1: Yeah, look at this. I love this terrible, this terrible drawing of, I guess, Tony Stark. And the, the many times he just used that same
2: drawing over and over again. Mm-hmm. So they, um, anyway. I, I remember, I think I remember reading an article or somebody, oh, that's my favorite Daisy Fuentes. I had that calendar when I was growing up. Married, Wait, he's, so he's, married to Richard Marks.
0: Guys, great. Greg Land is the one, like, to the left of... uh hey, scroll up a little bit. We've got... Or that one. Greg Land is the one that did the image that we can see the bottom half of the torso of, right? Like, he does that kind of... Song, the Fantastic Four, that's him. Yeah, that's him. That's yeah. him. <laughs> mm. yeah. Uh, craft aside, I really like the final output. Like, mm. I like that... I don't know. There's a certain softness
2: so to to his stuff. I, I agree I with you. It. Like it's aesthetically, it's very pleasing. Um, but mm-hmm. it's it's mostly pleasing on covers. Reading his interiors, yeah. it looks like a bunch of static poses. Uh, mm-hmm. Like somebody's just talking, but they have the same face from before when they were yelling. Like it's. I actually, I, I really, really like Alex Ross, but sometimes I feel his interiors are sometimes kind of static. Like, it's that it's that moment where it looks like a pose as opposed to he used a pose kind of thing. Right, right. It's yeah. ten times more egregious with Greg Lang's work because it's based off even someone else's photographer. Photography. Yeah, like... Right, right. Um, the, uh, the swipe of all the Raiders fans in his X-Men book was just ridiculous um yeah it, I mean people have like called him out for years but apparently he's an incredibly nice guy and I think uh, the last time I read anything about it Marvel somebody asked like CB Savolsky about it and he and his response was very much a cant like <sighs> he he meets his deadlines and he's uh he's good at his job yeah uh, the,
0: and if people, you know, if people buy the books, it's, that's all there is to it. Who right. yeah. else does
2: Marvel really care it's about? All the, yeah. you know he's right. not like in a sea of problematic artists. Yeah, Greg Land is yeah. not a problem right now. Like,
1: yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, he's not a, a dickhead. I mean, I mean, and he doesn't.
0: I don't know if he does or not. But um, does he? Does he
2: hide this fact if people nah. bring him up?
0: So you he, know, he's doing what he does. I've
2: literally never and, seen him yeah. respond to it.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. At all. So yeah. I don't I
2: don't know. No, well, I sure. guess it
0: would be cool and the the little part that doesn't sit right about that it, it's fine is like, well, there are a lot of other artists who could do really good work that aren't getting a chance, but I mean, is that that's a very ephemeral sort
2: of yeah, sort of thing.
1: No, was there um anything else that you did this week? Huh?
2: Was there? Did I forget Once to make a card 29? for it? Oh, I, I'm Uh, I fist bump, it's great, I loved it. Everyone should read it.
1: Okay, great, Brian, what'd you do this week, huh?
2: Uh, I watched all of the available episodes of
0: Killing It. What's that? On Peacock. It is a show uh, headlined by Craig Robinson and uh, Claudia O'Doherty, I think is how you pronounce her name. Ah. Um, And she was in, uh, what do you call it? Our flag means death, she's an Australian actress. And I I feel like I've seen her somewhere else too. But anyway, killing it is about um, Craig Robinson's character. He's down on his luck. He's always he's always trying to scheme and and uh, hit it big. Uh, and I
1: love Claudia O'Doherty. I never knew her name, but yeah. she's she's wonderful.
0: She is right. She's yeah. delightful. Yeah, she's yes. so good. Yeah, she, and she's delightful in this too. She she plays a very a very cool character, nice character. Um, yeah, she's awesome. And, uh, uh, so Craig Robinson's character, uh, hires her as an Uber driver. She pulls over and kills a snake at one point while he's on his way to his latest, uh, you know, hit it big kind of plan, which is to buy, a, like a, a, a farm to farm these berries. Right. And that's kind of the thing that sets it all off. And it turns out in Florida, which I think is true, there is, uh, these invasive boa con- or Boa. I don't know if they're boa constrictors. They don't. I don't think they call them that. But very large snakes that are not particularly dangerous to humans. If you're on your guard, they're not venomous, but um, they're very, very big. And there's a prize because they're an invasive species. Uh, whoever kills the most of them gets twenty thousand dollars. So uh, Burmese pythons. They. There you go. Um, yeah, and so they. Uh, they embark on, you know, they join forces and they embark on a quest to win this contest. But it goes, it's not all about that. Like, I would have thought it would be mostly about them hunting these snakes and the misadventures that they run into. And, I don't know, around episode five, there's stuff, there's, like, whole episodes that have nothing to do with the snakes, but it's still there. You know, it's re- it's really good. Um, all the supporting characters are good. Um, Tim Heidecker. <laughs> Or the other guy that was in that show, but I think it's Tim Heinecker, is in it um, now. There's a show I never liked. I don't like that kind of humor, but I can tell that they are good at their craft. So they're they're clever guys. The Tim and Eric, mm-hmm. awesome show, great job. Oh yeah, um, yeah, same. same. Like, not my thing. Not a fan. You know, yeah. but I can see their their goodness. Um, and uh, so he's in it. Uh, it's fun. I you know I highly recommend it. I got just like pulled in and we watched the whole I think It's 10 episodes over just a few days. Nice. Yeah.
1: Maybe I'll check it out. I do like her. She's very charming. I like her a lot.
0: She is. And she plays such a, such a disingenuous, honest character. She's so, she's so fun to watch. Craig Robinson is always fun to watch. Yeah. He's, um, he's nice. Yeah. And they create, you know, they create a very vibrant world in this, in this show. Um. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you guys would enjoy it.
2: I'll put it on the list after I finish Brooklyn Nine-Nine.
0: Oh, have you just... Uh, no, I'm not. Are you just getting into Brooklyn Nine-Nine? No, or I'm, or I'm, you I'm halfway like, through seven. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It's a good show. I was just thinking about the series finale. You know, the final season today. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it could have gone a little while longer, but I yeah. understand why they didn't want to do it. Oh, J.D.'s
2: out. Well, so we're going to skip him. All right? Huh? Anyway, let's talk about whatever we want. Yeah, J.D., what have you been up to this week?
1: Ah! Oh, I'll tell you. Thanks so much for asking. Well, I, I, you spoiled it. It's glorious. Um, I watched a movie called Glorious on the Shutter streaming platform, and it is starring a guy who was in True Blood.
2: Ryan Cleeden. Mm.
1: That guy, it's the guy from True Blood, you see that? It's the guy that you see and you go, oh, it's that guy from True Blood, that guy. Um, He's in it, and uh, here's the thing. I want to tell you what the movie's about because that's the only way you're gonna go watch the movie. But I don't want to spoil what the movie's about because it it feels like it would be a nice surprise to find out what's actually going on. But, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna spoil it. I'm gonna spoil it. Well, no, no, I'm not gonna spoil the end of the movie. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm just going to tell you the plot.
0: Basically. You like one of those things that it's really fun to find out what the plot is while it's happening. Say glory hole.
1: Enjoy it. That's cool. <laughs> I always do. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, it is a story about a guy who goes to a, um, uh, like one of those uh, rest stops. Sure. You just pull over to shit and piss. Maybe use the. That's it. To get M&Ms or something. It's not one of the yeah. big ones where you're like, there's a Cinnabon, and, you know, it's just like one of those little outhouse yeah, kind of Carvel. And um, car, he goes in, he uses the bathroom, <laughs> and he, uh, in the stall next to him, there's a glory hole, and in the oh. stall next to him is something or someone played by J.K. Simmons.
0: Oh, all right. That's all
1: I'm going to say. This a,
0: is this a horror movie?
1: Yes, it's a horror comedy.
0: Yeah, a horror comedy. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, it's oh. a horror comedy, and it is delightful. Man, I wasn't mm. sure when I got into it uh, if I was going to care or not. And I was like, ah, you know, this guy isn't big enough draw for me—the guy from True Blood. But mm. all said and done, it's it's barely over an hour. I think it's an hour and change, and I was so happy that I watched it. I, I by the time I was done, I was like, this movie's awesome. Four star, four out of five stars. I love it's Ooh. a great movie. Um, it's in and out. You're in and out real quick. And uh, you compare it to like
0: what we do in the shadows style? No. No. More
2: horror. Yes. Okay, I got. Gotcha. Uh, I, I believe it was um, a friend of the show, Jeff Kanata. <laughs> who's never uh, heard of the show. Yes. Yeah. We're <laughs> friends with him. Friend, well, friend. I'm. I'm. I have a parasocial friendship with him. Um, he cool. described the movie positively as goopy it's a very yeah, goopy yeah he did movie
1: it is goopy it yeah. is pretty goopy I saw a trailer I, I'm, so, I'm very
2: much looking yeah. forward to, to watching it
1: yeah um, oh you know what I'll bring up the, the poster real quick um, but yeah I, that's what I recommend this week it was awesome and the other thing is oh, another horror comedy uh oh it is sort of Young Fra- <laughs> young Frankenstein I'd never seen it uh, Mel Brooks Black and white comedy Uh-oh. from the late 70s, Uh-oh. Young Frankenstein, 1974, early 70s. Uh, it's on HBO Max. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. And it's just one of those things where I was like, oh, you know what it was? You know what made this happen? A trailer dropped this week for Werewolf by Night. And the way ah. that was shot and the black and white and all that other stuff, I was like, you know you know what I haven't seen? Young Frankenstein. I should check that out. I wonder if it's streaming. Ah, uh, Turns out it's on HBO Max. And... I will say I suspect the humor was much funnier in 1974 than it is now. Mm. Uh, there is that's not to say that there aren't bits that had me rolling. There were some good good times had while I was watching this. But I did kind of have to keep make, make myself keep watching it. I was like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about this. Like he he the he gets off the train frankenstein does young frankenstein and he uh, there's a the titular character yeah yeah that like frankenstein. guy yeah right <laughs> uh and you know there's a there's a, a thing to take him up to the the castle and sure. he goes to throw his luggage in and he throws it up over the thing into a bale of hay it's like it's filled with hay and you hear someone go ooh, and he yeah. looks over and there's there's a woman in there and uh she goes, "Oh, would you like to have a roll in the hay?" Yes. And then, and then she starts to roll around, just singing yeah, yeah. Ro- "Roll in the hay." Uh, and that's the joke. Now she that's doesn't probably
0: mean... something also that "roll in the hay" is a not very commonly used expression now either. So it's I mean, I know it, what I mean, "roll in
1: the hay" means. I know that it's you, it's supposed that you don't
0: to be know like what it means. right. But it's not something you hear very often. So, the sanitization compared to what we get now, plus the oldness of that, yeah, is not helping. You know, yeah. I have a, a very thing. good friend of mine has a theory that um, movies—you have to either see them, comedies specifically, when they come out, or before a certain age. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you could see them fifty years later if you catch them by the age of twelve. And you might still find it just as funny, um, but uh, I think they mentioned on the Crack Podcast, JD, like you've seen things that have absorbed and digested and refined that stuff, so that stuff doesn't seem as funny. Which uh, oh yeah,
2: I well I, I agree with that too. Like nothing is more um, dated, or um, nothing has a, a shelf life faster than just comedy in general. Um, oh yeah, things like. Things like Young Frankenstein, though, kind of get a pass because they are still good, uh, but mostly because they are the progenitors of an entire kind of, like, era or style. So it's not that it was the best. It's the first of, like, an era, right? So it's just considered in higher regard. Same with Blazing Saddles. Just Mel Brooks in general. Like yeah, watching yeah. that stuff agnostic hey, he of knowing who he is. Yeah, watching that stuff now agnostic yeah, yeah. of knowing who he is, you'd think that it's just kind of like an old man's version of better stuff that's out now. Like, yeah, I get it, they're being they're being ironic. Yeah, okay, I get it. Amy, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, counterpoint to that, my girlfriend had never seen it before a year or two ago, and she thought it was hilarious. Oh nice. She absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I wondered if she would, too. We saw that and Blazing Settles, and uh, I think she loved both of them. I will now, say the first that it time did. time I ever saw that movie.
1: Yeah. I will say that it did get funnier. Uh, my di-
0: no, you're going to go, and I'm.
1: I will say that it did get funnier after my family went to sleep, and I uh, hit my vape. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what he intended. Oh, good.
0: That was the artist's intention. Yeah, yeah. It was for you personally to do that. I mean, putting on the Ritz. That's did a funny that. bit. Oh, my God. Such it's a good bit. <laughs> like a seminal yeah. cornerstone in my young comedy mm-hmm. understanding. I absolutely lost it. Just like the unexpected nature of it. Yeah. the filled up this sophisticated thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then he does what he
2: does. There's, a, oh my there's God. an era of comedy in the early to mid-70s that um, hinge on the entire cast's commitment that i find Mm -hmm. more engaging than like actually the content so like everyone in young frankenstein just so fucking into it and committed and yeah it was exactly on the same page that it's like it's perfect it's great um stuff like the jerk um ah wildly dated oh, i've never seen it i've always wanted but i love the jerk the most perfect yeah. cast wildly committed mm. everyone knows exactly what they're making yeah and, and that's what makes it kind of like work it's just lightning in a bottle but like mm. you look at stuff that you I mean, know it was
0: some deal with uh, gene wilder and mel brooks that when he was on the set of blazing saddles like i forget the the exact nature of it but like he would have agree to do Blazing Saddles if they also did Young Frankenstein or something like that and Mel Brooks didn't want to do it at first oh. I think he definitely didn't want he did not want the putting down on the Ritz bit in there oh. and he was like very against it until he saw it and then he was like oh this is brilliant Yeah. Um, I know that Uh, you, you know the guy playing the old blind man JD you know who that was
1: oh you know I was watching I, I, I got about halfway through that scene and then I started to go yeah. Wait a minute! Is that yeah. Lex Luthor? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Whenever anybody's like, "Oh, Gene Hackman's in that movie," you're like, "No, wait, it's Gene Wilder." Oh no! Actually, also Gene
1: Hackman yeah. is in that movie. I had to look it up because yeah. I was like, "Is this actually Gene Hackman?" It is. Yeah. yeah.
0: And apparently, Mel Brooks had to like direct that scene from the hallway because he lost it every time, and he was like reading uh, takes because he was laughing so much. I, but uh, no, sorry, you were gonna. say
2: No, something. no, I like um, I was gonna. It's it, it compared to movies that we thought were fucking hilarious when we were like eleven. They don't hold up mm. now, like at all. Mm. Billy Madison. I was gonna say like pretty much all the Adam Sandler true. movies for the most part, like Billy Madison, yeah. and mm. they're not only problematic; they're just like so one note. Whereas, yeah. you know, comedies from fifty years ago hold a little harder. Mm. Anyway,
0: that's what really I'm going to this, this week. World part one for the first time in a long time. History of the World Part One. History of the World Part One. Oh, it's so good. And so much, there's so much more uh, academia in there than I think I picked up on. Like a whole song about the Spanish Inquisition with the name of one of the main people in it. Or he walks by Oedipus and he's like, what's up, motherfucker? I definitely did not get that.
2: (laughs) See, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mel Brooks said I'll be- to paraphrase like uh, what is it F- uh, getting a paper cut is tragedy falling off a cliff screaming to your death is comedy like everything was to the hilt for him it's like yeah, smart yeah. but also just crank it up to 11 yeah. Yeah. plus Yeah, 5
1: um robert run jr says i love young frankenstein mel brooks is a genius Uh, all right that's what we've been doing this week but uh i'll tell you what else we did this week we read once in future volumes one and two uh and before we get into that you should go to patreon.com slash johnny destructo empty your wallet Account. take out every digital. credit card that you have sign up for our patreon with every credit card that you have separately bankrupt yourself if you don't have money find it and then give it to us on patreon.com joindestructor it's a That's solid message fair. right uh,
0: yeah thank, thank you anybody that
2: doesn't do it is wrong
1: be uh, responsible if, with your money. Yeah.
2: And if give you're, it to us. if for but some reason, if for some reason you're uh, a little bitch and you don't want to do that, uh, you could uh, like and comment, like comment, subscribe, find us on YouTube at uh, slash Cult Pop Go or on Facebook uh, slash Cult Pop Podcasts. Join the yeah, conversation. Yeah, you heard it here first. Noel here.
1: says, like comment and subscribe,
2: like the little baby bitch boys like, that you, like are like the little baby bitch boys you are.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: Person most likely only.
2: and before anyone
0: finds that it's offensive, to come up in any of your other conversations. That's what
2: I. Uh, that's what I call my cat, little baby bitch boy. So little baby bitch boy, he does. It's, it's a term cool. of endearment. That's fair. Right.
0: Um, or is it just dogs though? Just dogs are bitches, right? Female dog, else? A wolf. Yeah, is yeah. a
2: female wolf a bitch? I don't
0: know. They're genetically pretty indistinct from each other. But it
1: might just be our our take on them. That's like now
2: this bitch—that's a dog.
1: But this
2: other one, this bitch, anyway. There's what's in
1: future from Boom Studios, written by Kieran Gillen with art by Dan Mora. What if all legends are true? Retired Monster Hunter Brigitte McGuire knows that they are, and when a group of nationalists uncover the fabled Scabbard. Of Excalibur in order to bring King Arthur back from the dead to reclaim England, she will be the only one who can stop him. In order to do so, she'll need to pull her unsuspecting academic grandson Duncan into a deadly world of myth and prophecy. Their quest would lead them to confront the complicated history of their family, confront the deadly secrets of England's past, and throw the other world into shambles, allowing for new legends and characters to make their appearance and bring a world of trouble along with them. So, um, I like Kieran Gillen sometimes. I didn't make it all the way through Wicked and Divine, though I, have, I intend to eventually. Uh, Phonogram was pretty good. Uh, I found it a little impenetrable, not being totally up on my Brit pop. Oh, I did like his Young Avengers. But this is the book for me. This is the Kieran Gillen book. If people were like, what Kieran Gillen book? Hey, hey, uh, Brian. Hey, what's up? If you were to ask me what Kieran Gillen book is my favorite, I would say Uh, Once in the
0: Future.
2: You would. Yeah, but. Hypothetically, if if, if you you, were. Did you plan that out a little that. But if you were to ask me what Kieran Gillen book Brian would like the most, I think I'd probably go with Wicked Divine.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. I could
0: see that. I mean, just judging, I have the first trade, but I haven't read it. Uh, hopefully, it's still in print if I ever get to it. It is, yes. Uh, oh, good. It's always in print. Uh, but this book um, is delightful, is what see, I'm saying. The thing. I really like this one.
1: <gasps>
0: yeah, I did.
1: Well, why don't I'm, you tell us more about that, Brian?
0: I will. Um, I. Uh, quicker. I liked it. We read the first, what, one or two back for the podcast quite a while ago. Yes. And I really dug it. And I also enjoyed the that scabbard thing that brings King Arthur back to life. I was like, oh, hang on a second. Is that really in the mythology? And it is. And I thought that that was cool, finding that out. Um, so then the story looks like it would be a really fun King Arthur-type story from there, but I never, I never kept with it. And as I'm reading this, it's about a lot more than that, right? Yes. It's about this whole stories are all real. Now, that's not an idea that I haven't seen before, you know? But I really like it. I like that concept of people believe in something they tell the story and so it becomes real. Um, and, you know, that sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, conceit. So, and I think that this is really well done. And it's another type of story, uh, not unlike Killing It, that I was talking about earlier, which starts in one place and very naturally expands and goes in a lot of different directions that you weren't expecting it to go. Um, so yeah, I I also thought the art very pleasing to look at. Uh, I read this, I think I read like 10 or 11 issues of it yesterday with not a thought, right? It was just like, Oh, I've hit the next issue right. Chapter 12, whatever. Here we go. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend this to anyone that likes anything that it's about.
1: Check it out. <laughs> I recommend this to anyone who likes anything yeah. that it's about.
0: Like, if you like these things, <laughs> this is a thing you'll like, right? This yeah. is a good example of that stuff. Right?
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. Noah, yeah. what do you got, buddy?
2: Um, it's one of my favorite books. Um, I... There's something really special about this book. Um, the, the the Both of those, like, main conceits, like, it's Arthurian, modern Arthurian legend, kind of, like, slash zombie movie. <clears throat> but also, it expands to stories manifesting themselves. Yeah. What makes this different or original is it almost fits in the face of the idea that there's no originality left. So he took... The the creators took these, like, used tropes and story points that are very constant and old and made them kind of contingent on each other. Like, you can't just make stories real. You have to be aware that they can become and then start to cast you or others within those stories for them to manifest themselves. And it becomes this complicated spider web of, like, motivations and actions of other characters like there are parts in this book where the bad guys are trying to outstory the good guys and then the good guys outstory the outstory of the bad guys by constantly recasting each other in separate stories that will conflict with the ones that they think that they're in it becomes so complicated but the way that it's presented even though when i even when i don't know the reference being made, I have never been lost with this book. I have never felt like they are they are talking at me now and it's not for me anymore. If anything, it inspires me to like go look shit up, which I did not feel when I was reading Wicked and Divine. And I did not feel when I was reading Phonogram. Like those books where if you know it, you'll get it. If you don't, yeah, you, might, you might enjoy this. Maybe we'll see. This one doesn't Kick you away, it kind of like keeps inviting you. Um, yeah, it's also such a weird amalgam of of things. Like this is um, everything from like monsters, academics, and then by the end of the story, they're you know wielding semi-automatics, fighting with Robin Hood. It, this is a really weird fucking book, and it just swerves into it constantly, and I love it. And the, the oh, art- Robin Hood shows up.
0: Yeah, yeah let's sure. Let's crack it
2: two and two. What happens after? This, I mean, it's after these it's, two. It's uncovers covers. like to. that's yeah. not even a spoiler. Just like yeah, yeah. all public domain stories, especially mm. those based in Britain, are fucking fair game. Yeah, Just yeah. know that that shit's gonna happen. But um, awesome.
0: I'll tell you, you mentioned the thing with the academics, and then eventually wielding machine guns, and maybe it's partially because of the long gap between issues one and two, and the rest of it. I didn't see that coming with Duncan at mm. all. I thought he was just going to be one of those characters that gets drawn into a world that he was unprepared for uh, rather than having been made for it. Yes. It's a very cool turn. And mm-hmm. they've gotten that uh, that bit where he then tries to take on a second aspect yeah. um, of a different character yeah. is a really interesting idea to try to be both of them at
2: the once. The, the story um, as it progresses, it, it happened here, but as it progresses too, they do that a couple times where they um, – they circumvent expectations by introducing some other story point and/or recasting your main character mm. in order to like win the day or try something else. Like it's mm. it's very charming, and the aesthetic of the book is incredibly pleasing. It's horror movie, but still very earnest. Um, Everything has kind of like a noirish neon hue, which just really fucking mm. works when it comes to I magic. Love- I love the colors uh, of the book.
1: (laughs) Yeah, fantastic! I
2: cannot recommend this book enough. I I've sold so many copies at the shop, um, just because I keep giving it to people. It's this is great. Um, No notes.
1: Isn't there a scene? You know, we're talking (laughs) about uh, characters changing um, and um, trying to win the day by changing their character and everything. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a while since I read Volume One, but isn't the fact that not only is it about like, okay, we've got a King Arthur story here and I didn't, it was kind of a surprise to me that King Arthur was going to be a bad guy.
2: <laughs> so when King Arthur
1: shows up and he starts murking folk, I was like, Oh shit, King Arthur, what you doing, bub?" Uh, and so the fact that there are different versions of the same story and there are different versions out there because of the different stories. Um, And there's this – I want to say there's a sequence where um, King Arthur doesn't know something about another one of the characters in the book because Mm -hmm. he's from a different version of the story of King Arthur than the other guy is. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, shit, that's cool.
0: What? It was something like that with the sword, too. Or that was them talking about it, That. He's like, oh, I got this sword from the stone. He's like, oh, you got Excalibur. And she's like, oh, that's not usually Excalibur. Sometimes it is. Yeah, and,
2: like, which one's in a stone, which one's yeah. in a lake, based on who, yeah, which yeah. version of yeah. Arthur. And then also, too, like, yeah. it gets even more complicated in a good way of, like, okay, so which version of Galahad is this, and is it really a Percival? Mm-hmm. Um, and is this a good Merlin or, a, or who's your Merlin kind of a thing? Like, yeah, it's mm. it gets... It gets bug nuts crazy. So, like the the volume that we we only read volume one and two, the end of volume third of three, which is issue eighteen, is literally the halfway point. Like the the uh I want to say it's like the point of no return. Um, and then the book completely redefines itself again. And the last twelve issues. So it's going to end with issue thirty. But the last twelve issues are kind of like you know. It's a whole nother phase of, of the story, but the way that it just keeps escalating over and over again. Um I this is just so fucking great. Can you guys just get current and then we'll talk about issue thirty next month? <laughs> like, I just do really want to through. catch up.
0: Yeah, I'd be willing to do that.
2: Oh,
0: it's uh, so let's start, so like
1: good. can and we the, can the, we commit the, to uh, getting to thirty? Yeah. Yes. I commit. Uh, the art yeah. by Dan Mora. I cannot say enough good things. This is one of the best-looking books on the shelf, um, mm-hmm. except for the other books that are drawn by Dan Mora.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, he's uh, a machine. But the,
2: yeah. He's
1: he's. Not, I don't understand how he how he gets it all done. And none um, of it looks. Yeah, none man, of it is. His,
2: sorry, he's. It's multiple books. At one point, he was penciling like three books a month. I don't know what his lead time was. But none of them were half-assed, at all. He was on Detective. He was on yeah. World's Finest. He was on this, and he was doing covers, I'm like, yeah,
0: yeah. That World's Finest book is uh, the one that Mark Waite is writing, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, it's great. He's drawing that too. i Yeah, yeah.
1: It's so some of it can be so kinetic at times, um, uh, and the horror a, stuff is really horrific.
0: To it, you know, there's a. a light breezy kind of quality that doesn't detract from the seriousness of what you are looking at, but it just makes it easy to go through. You
2: know? This yeah. and I you know what I attribute that to the character work by Gillen. Um this mm, could have well, this could have yeah. been self serious Drek, very, very pleased with itself yeah. and its understanding of the topics if it wasn't for characters like Bridget. And and her She's awesome. so, like if you just if you divorced Bridget and her like you know the straight man that is Duncan from this story then it it almost becomes just an exercise and look how smart I am because I understand all these references and look what I'm doing now yeah but they they ground it in a way that is airy it's delightful that keeps you in with all the complication because I know like you're different than me Brian you might like sure. just reading Wikipedia pages of specific topics, but I like a story like and have. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I want my comic with a story with it. Sure. So I want, I want yeah, entertainment, yeah, not just a book report. Yeah, yeah, And this could have easily been something like that because honestly, this book gets so incredibly complicated, but it's, it's a feature, not a bug. It's so yeah. good. I'll
0: tell it's, you, like you were saying about wanting to look stuff up, uh, the thing with Beowulf and Arthur is, is like, he seems like he's an enemy, but it, we also maybe sometimes have fought together. That was news to me. You know, I didn't, I'm not familiar with their stories crossing at all. Yeah, I didn't now know I'm that. I'm going to go see what's what about that, you know? Uh, and that he's not, he's not uh, of the people that Arthur is fighting, but he fights with them, but sometimes they're still together. That was another part that I really liked from the very beginning, and it makes sense for casting King Arthur as a villain, mm-hmm. is that when he when he is first resurrected by this scabbard of Excalibur, um, most of the people that are there are Anglo-Saxons who are now like the Britishest of British that you can possibly be. But at the time, where this Arthur, there was a group that were fighting them, right? Um, so he slaughters them. And it makes sense that they say he's a real England-first kind of guy, um, yeah. which uh, is perfectly reasonable for both the character of a King Arthur and a bad guy in the story, you know?
2: I, this, this book begs to be adapted um, mm. into every, uh, everything. I want to see a... I, like, it's so realized on the page that I see it as a movie. Like I absorb this as kinetic fiction, as opposed yeah. to could I interest you in like a like a TV series? Sure, man. Well, actually, I well, mean at yeah, this point though, um, <laughs> fucking, uh, what was it? Boom has a has a deal with Netflix. Hey, Netflix, too. yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is um. This is a top top five. Depending on how it finishes up, it's going to be a... Like, it's a top yeah, five yeah. on the shelves for me. Depending on how it finishes up, it's going to be a top five. Yeah. Period.
1: Right. Yeah, I have, so. I have that that nice hardcover that you have there, Noel. It's so, it's so nice. I have
2: also nice
0: soft covers, which are a very pleasing uh, series of primary colors. Who knows what
2: the last one's going to be? Yeah, the, uh, the spines are all pretty. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is also a book that I will probably buy in multiple formats. I got it in issues, but as soon as it was available in, like, Mm. the big old oversized art hardcover, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's going to also be mine. Mm. I'll take that. Thank you. Uh, You guys, a long time ago, I had an ancient
0: history professor that said that in, I guess, Latin, ex saxono with a diacritic mark and without mean either from the Saxon or from the stone, right? Mm-hmm. So Excalibur, that he pulled from Exxono, either from the stone or from the Saxon, the people that he was fighting. Mm-hmm. So possibly, if there was an Arthur, um, he was fighting Saxons and as a trophy took a sword and it was Exxono and got transferred into from the stone. And then later became not where he gets Excalibur anyway in a number of stories. So. You know who knows these things all shift
2: around. The more you know, the more this the better this book gets.
1: Yeah, yeah, it really does. It's really good. Uh, highly recommended. Everyone here says check it out. Five stars. Sweet. Check it out. Five stars. Um, anything else to say about Once in Future? That's that a was lot. a pretty quick uh, in and out review. We're all in agreement. Yeah, no. just just forget. No. It's it's difficult yeah. because I don't want to spoil things any more than we already have. Just pick it up and read it, it's great. It's really, really good. Uh, I will say that the first volume I got done and I was like, that was cool. And then Mm -hmm. the second volume, I was like, oh shit, this book is awesome. Uh, The the first volume is good. The second volume builds upon the first volume in a way that makes me go, ah, both volumes, this is great. I love it, it's one of my new favorite series. I'm, yeah, I haven't
0: sorry. just felt like keeping reading a a story this much in quite a while. Yeah, that, you know that I was just like, huh, ah, how
2: about another one? Let's keep
1: going." How about, <laughs> uh, how about another one? might um, <laughs> have. On, <if> I do. <laughs> so they were
2: they were originally they were originally um just kind of hired slash commissioned, however it works, or originally pitched a six issue miniseries with oh, yeah. with. With the hopes that it would be popular to keep oh, going, yeah. so like,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: you know, like the that first trade does kind of read almost confined with maybe like a little bit of a cliff or a little bit of a teaser of how they can expand it, but it does kind of end. Yeah. It just kind of ends. Um, but the book was so fucking popular. Well, no, I
1: won't say it. I'm sorry. That no, the way you said that, it just kind of ends. Makes
2: it sound oh. like it doesn't have an ending. It's it's got a. It's, it could be the end. It's it's over the the climax everything wraps gotcha. up it's nice it's it feels like the uh, you wouldn't need it more feels theory. like a solid movie that could continue if it wants to a little bit of a cliffhanger perfect and a, yes. like a like a background um and that's how it was constructed the book was so popular that they took like a two month hiatus or it might have been like a three or four month hiatus and then continued so like it was back pocket stories. And it was at issue seven where they actually started kind of tying everything together and like pushing towards a finale. But it was really only supposed to be kind of like a Hellboy model of like once a year maybe there's a a mini-series. But uh it's it's such it is such a rewarding read on a monthly basis, guys. Yeah. It's so wonderful. I'm gonna catch up. I'm gonna catch up. I see my problem is is that we
1: were talking about Avengers by Jason Aaron, and so I've just started reading that and there's a lot to get through maybe i'll just put that down and pick up once in future and just finish
2: that up so palate cleanser read this and
1: then email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com and let us know what you guys think of once in future if you're reading it if you're not reading it go read it and then email us at coldpopgo at gmail.com um be here next week next monday night at
2: nine o'clock to discuss Something. What are we talking about? Oh, uh, were we, um, but I, did we, did we unilaterally, unilaterally agree like Omega men at some point? Yeah, we did. Um, uh, is that it? Is I that what we're doing? It. I mean, if, times. if, if everyone like, we'll we'll talk offline about who has a copy, who needs one, but yeah, it's, you've never read it. Um, it's been a long time since I read it and it's Kyle Rayner. All right. Kyle Rayner, Tom, Kyle Kainer, cool. DC. Yeah. Yeah, my Tom King, but uh, let's check it I, out. I was going to say, oh, like, amen. it can go either way for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. <laughs>
1: but uh, all right, guys, we will see you in a week's time. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash johnnydestructo and give us every single penny that you have. Or And sold. then make more pennies and send those pennies to us as well. We love you so much. Thank you for hanging out. It's been a blast, and we will talk at you later. Thanks so much for listening to Spoiler Alert. Check out all our shows, including the Cannibal Horrorcast, where we review classic and contemporary horror. Oh,
2: it's so spooky!
0: And gutter talk with the Black Tribbles, recorded live every week
1: at Johnny Destructo's Hero Complex in Nanyang, PA. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs>